Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for tuning in as we talk about business, growth, and marketing with our customers. Hello, and welcome back to the Stickers on the Mic podcast. My name's Hamish, and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm really happy to introduce my guest this week, Josh Crane, owner and founder of The Coffee Ride, a Boulder-based coffee roaster celebrating a love of cycling and coffee. Josh, welcome to the show, and uh, please kick things off by just introducing yourself and explaining to our listeners a little bit about what The Coffee Ride does. Awesome. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, this is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, so The Coffee Ride is a Boulder-based company, um, kind of started out of my garage about four years ago, um, where I kind of lo- found my love for coffee roasting, um, and we do uh, bike delivery, kind of basically like the milkman of the coffee world, um, with fresh roasted coffee that shows up on your doorstep or workplace every uh, every Thursday for right now. Cool. And uh, so we've had the quick intro to the business, so we're going to jump back into more detail about that. But um, I'd like to kind of start with your background like what led you up to the coffee ride you know what was your kind of professional background before you started doing this um so i have a uh, I, was, I was i was in pursuit of going to medical school after i'd actually graduated college went back and did all the prerequisites and stuff like that um and basically from all the studying for mcats and the amount of time that that you just are had in the book um, I was just hitting coffee shop after coffee shop after coffee shop and uh, started to develop my palate and um, realized that like not all coffee is created equal. Um, and then uh, from you know working in, in, in hospitals, um, I decided I want to go work in a field where I rode my bike more. Uh, so I started working in the cycling industry where I actually rode my bike less. Um, imagine, imagine that. But uh, um, so, and at that time in between, I had started experimenting with, with home roasting for about two and a half, three years, uh, started with like a little popcorn popper with a meat thermometer stuck into it and started buying green beans. And, um, yeah, and it just basically ended up being where the, the best part of my day was my bike commute into work. And then, um, we had pretty bad office coffee where I was, where I was working and, just bummed everybody out. So I started bringing in my own coffee, making a Chemex every morning. Um, and it was the best part of my day and it was the best part of everybody else's day. And I was like, man, I want to do this for, for everybody forever. So I was like, let's, let's do this. Let's ride roast coffee and, and ride bikes around town. That's cool. So it's really like a, almost like a hobby developed into a passion and something you kind of brought to your, your coworkers and were like, Oh, I've actually, you know, I got a good idea. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it was just something where I was like, you know, if it's, if it's, I love coffee roasting so much and the science that, that, that goes into it. Cause it's basically just a bunch of chemical reactions and controlling. Um, and it's, it's a lot like cooking, but, uh, you know, if I can take two things that I love and even if it's just, riding around and, and delivering like one bag it was it was worth it because i don't know i was going out and riding my bike anyway so yeah it's a i guess every cyclist dream to be able to ride their bike more but yeah and when you're not like you know it's one thing if you're good enough to be a professional athlete but when you're not good enough to be a professional athlete but you have that passion behind 
what you're doing. You just trying to figure out how how you can still get paid to go do, do those things that you love to do. And and uh, this is kind of one of my ways to be able to and, you know, like like the coffee roasting and kind of being the best part of somebody's day when you drop off a bag of coffee. It's like that kind of fills fulfills the need of why I wanted to go to med school and like help people. Um, this is definitely kind of along those same lines where, where I'm, I'm getting to be a part of somebody's life and make it better. Um, and instead of with medicine is with coffee. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Best part of their morning is probably their cup of coffee. Yeah, that's the one thing Folgers got right is the best part of waking up is coffee in your cup, not necessarily Folgers. Okay, so we, we've kind of got where the, the passion came from. So tell us about those early days as you transitioned from doing this as a side project to actually making it into a, a functional business. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like a lot of it is just... A mindset of the individual just like flipping the switch and deciding that that this is what you actually want to do as a business um, that's that's always like the big jump is convincing yourself not necessarily other people um, and then kind of once you convince yourself then you're like okay let's do this um, and yeah I mean I, I spent you just you just try everything like that I mean I, I printed up door flyers and I walked around and I was like let's do different different pods of Boulder to do the bike delivery. And I was hitting up neighborhoods and, and knocking on doors and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's just the grind, I guess. <laughs> so it's, yeah, so those early days, that was your marketing strategy was to just be out there on your bike, actually knocking on people's doors. Saying, yeah. Do you it, was it, do you want to buy coffee or you want to sign up for a subscription? How, how did that kind of work? You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm like a, an, an outgoing introvert, so I, I don't ever really want to like bother people. So I would just like, I made up like 5,000 door flyers and, and um, put them on doors because I don't really ever, like if it's a Saturday or something like that, I don't really want to like bother somebody when they're actually enjoying their morning. Um, but like one of the big things I did was, was um, like every Friday morning, I would make a couple of AirPods and ride down on the bike path down on, on Goose Creek bike path and, uh, and just give free coffee out to people, especially like when it started getting colder and people make bad decisions and they're wearing shorts and it's like 40 degrees out on their commute. They're like, Oh my God. Like I still see people today that on like bike to work day and stuff that are like, I saw, he's like, I met you like four years ago on the bike path and I was freezing and you gave me a hot cup of coffee. And it's like, those are the things that like propel you forward to keep, keep going and, and, and doing stuff, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I bet that's uh, kind of fulfilling that want to help people and, and yeah. having it come back four years later. That person's probably a customer for life now, which, yeah. is, which is an awesome story. Um, and I know when uh, when we, we came over to your place and, and we shot the intro video, um, you know, you talked about selling your car to, to you know, finance that initial yep. setup. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about, you know, how, how that happened and how you would, that propelled you to go, you know, all in, you buy your bigger coffee roaster, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was kind of the defining moment was, was, uh, buying a commercial coffee roaster. Um, you know, that they're not inexpensive. <laughs> so, and at the time I had, I had a, um, like a pretty all right Subaru and, uh, sold that, bought a coffee roaster. There's a roaster up in Glenwood Springs that was upgrading and, um, I bought his, his roaster. You know, that's an epic story all in itself, driving through a snowstorm, trying to get it back down to, to Boulder. But um, I don't know, there's never like unrest when you own a small business and you're trying to get something off the ground. 
But yeah, sold sold the car, bought a coffee roaster, bought a you know eight hundred dollar Toyota 4Runner, and just crossed my fingers that that thing lasted me through over the years, and pretty much just rode my bike everywhere else. So it's it's not like I really needed a car at that time. So it worked out. Yeah, and it it goes back to that thing about you said about making that decision to be like I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Goodbye car. Here's my coffee roaster. Like now I'm in business. Yeah. And even that, like, it's a, it's a funny, the, the way that like, once you get the ball rolling, it's like, you're, you're still not a hundred percent convinced that this is what you should be doing. But then what's funny is like, suddenly you kind of have this like, oh crap moment where now you've got customers and then you're like, okay, so now I'm a business. Like I can't, you can't just like stop one day and go, oh yeah, I don't really think I want to do this anymore. Cause then you've got like people depending on you and, um, and you just, you just keep going. You just figure it out all the time, which is always interesting. That's a really interesting take actually. The, I never thought about the, the responsibility to your customers and obviously, yeah, you don't want to, you know, you want to go out of business. You want to let people down in that sense who right. come to support you and, and love your product. Right. And the, and, it, and it's just like a, it's a symbiotic relationship where, where like, you know, you're providing a service and, and it, it comes back to you that like they're depending on this service and, and you're just kind of like working with each other and um, it's pretty cool. I mean, you, you have to honor what, what the customer's been supporting you with, so. Yeah, they've, it's almost like a little investment from those early customers there. Yeah, you're totally. You're putting their faith in kind of a small business. It's, you know, you always kind of take a chance on a small business. You're like, oh, is the product gonna be good? Is it right. gonna be reliable? So. Yeah, I think you really probably come to appreciate those those first few customers that you get. Yeah, and you're you're never prepared when you when you're starting a small business. Like I, I remember, like I thought I had every single thing dialed, and I was like, "All right, Josh, you're gonna do this. You're gonna go out and you're gonna like start pitching your business in, in your coffee." And then it was like, it seems like every single thing that you didn't think about, people ask for. And it was like I had like five six drip coffees that were dialed. Um, and then it was like, as soon as I would walk into an office, they would be like, oh, so do you have espresso? And I was like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. And it was like, then I had to go and research and like spend another like, you know, six months bringing different beans in and trial and and, and research um, and sampling in order to like get that dialed. And then it was like, I was like, sweet, I got espresso. Let's, let's go out and let's hammer this again. And then it was, oh, do you have decaf? Which is like, decaf is like a whole other roasting process it's completely different from everything else um so then it was like back to the drawing boards and it was basically like you know a year later then i was actually like okay sweet now now i'm ready and then it's logistics and trying to figure out how to how to you know for example i i used to give out tupperware to my original customers and, and have them put that out in order to put the coffee bags in um and then that wasn't really working. People weren't putting it out. Um, and I, I found, I figured out a way to do compostable poly bags um, so that that can keep the coffee safe from all the elements. And then basically every single thing that I'm giving the customer can go back, you know, besides the little tin tie that, that closes it, um, everything else that I give you is compostable. So it's, it's kind of a totally like sustainable process, which was, you know, that takes a little time to figure out. And as long as that's at your forefront of, um, you know, importance, then, then you can make it happen. Yeah. And I, I know that's a, a big part of your business. So I want to jump into that in just a sec, but while we kind of round out this, uh, sort of founder's story, do you have any 
tips for other you know small businesses or startups something that you wish somebody had told you before you went out there and, and jumped into it man i just i always feel like um i need to know more and you know it's if, if there's something that you feel that you're passionate enough about because because business is isn't what i'm sure people have heard this like millions of times but it's it's if you're working for somebody else you're People say that like you're you're chained to your desk, but when you have your own business, basically all, all that you're doing is you're you're trading out desks, and now you're kind of like chained to your own desk. Except you you pretty much work all the time. Um, so if you're going into business thinking that that it's going to be um, you, you're going to have a bunch of free time and it's going to be easier, that's that's not the reason to start doing it. But if you're that passionate about something where you're like I don't even care, like the driving force isn't financial, but it's, it's, it's for a better good. I say, go for it and, and make it happen. And you'll figure it out if you're really that passionate about it. Definitely. Best thing I've ever done. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, do what you're passionate about and then you're not going to get bored. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do I mean, it for I, the right, right reasons. Yeah. Every single day is different. So, and you never know what's going to throw at you. And if you're that type of, it, it's definitely a personality thing too. If, if you're that, person that um, you never feel like you're given enough responsibilities um, and you just always want to constantly take more on uh, like man start start something but it's definitely not easy cool and uh, let's jump into this so what makes you kind of different to other coffee roasters you know um, I, w I would say there's a lot of really really great coffee out there um, and I'm definitely not the type of coffee roaster that is, uh, you know, barista competitions and roasting competitions and, and stuff like that and battling for who has the, the best coffee. Because it's, in my opinion, coffee is such a subjective thing um, that there really isn't a best. There's like what's best for you. Um, and when I first started roasting coffee, I, I got into it because... Um, I couldn't find a coffee that I really liked from somebody else. So I was like, let's try this out and see, see what happens. So, um, I think that the coffee that I roast is the best coffee that I've ever had, which is a, the benefit of being able to roast your own coffee and source whatever you bring in. Um, but I definitely think that what, what makes the coffee ride different is, uh, the ex experience that's involved. Um, you know, my goal is to kind of like what we were talking about earlier about like, you know, going into an office and taking a whole bunch of people that are bummed on really on the really bad coffee that's being served and um, wanting to go ride their bikes or be outside or like whatever your happy place is. Um, my goal is to and, and coffee is one of those things where you can make a cup of coffee and be reflected back to kind of your happy place. Um, and I kind of really like the idea of you know, the coffee ride being like your happy place. And then wherever you are and you can go make a cup of coffee, like you're instantly reflected back to like whatever your, your happy place is, whether it's, and I like, you know, to, to kind of backpedal, um, if people don't know what, a, what, a, if you're not a, like a hardcore cyclist and you don't know what, what a coffee ride is, coffee rides actually, um, you know, like there's, there's bike racing, there's training, there's commuting, there's all these different things, but like the coffee ride is like, is my happy place. So that's like, 
you know, there's no agenda. It's all about exploration, adventure. Um, and you, you just, you're just stopping at coffee shops and like hanging out with your friends and drinking coffee. And then you go ride your bike some more and you find new trails and like you're laughing and having a good time. That's the kind of experience that like I want to share with other people. Um, and then you can just, you know, with every single sit be, be reflected back to that, even if you're in, you know, having a bad day or something like that. So, yeah, um, so I think that's what separates everything, you know, the, the bike delivery is super, super rad. Um, we, we definitely, um, you know, over the last four and a half years, I've ridden just on Thursdays alone over 12,000 miles, which is more than people put on their car in a year. Um, so like the environmental impact is, is huge too, but you know, for individuals, um, that reflection is, is where I think what makes us really different. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Like your your morning coffee before you go to work takes you back to your you know Sunday morning bike ride. Yeah, it just makes you think of the weekend. Like you just wake up like five minutes early. I, you know, I go to bed to like excited to wake up to have coffee in the morning, and I kind of just want to share that feeling with with everybody else because it's like coffee's rad, and we should be stoked on life. So yeah, and I, I know you obviously mentioned you know you're you're delivering by bike, which is super cool. Like twelve thousand miles is a, is astonishing just mm. on, on delivering coffee. And um, I know you touched on it before about you know having ethically sourced coffee beans. And um, I mean, talk about your your distribution. Um, you know, from farmers to 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 your product. Cool. Um, so we use all direct trade coffee, uh, which. Direct trade is a really cool uh, way to source. It's kind of it's kind of like the the newer version of labeling something organic or fair trade. Um, you know, it, we're getting to the point in 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 this world where big companies are now being able to financially support getting those certifications through the FDA. Um, and what this direct trade method is 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 there's only one person in between me and the farmer themselves. Um, which is really cool process because, um, you know, it's, that's a skill set all on its own is, is sourcing. Um, but through partnerships with, um, this distributor company out in California, it's, it's, they're able to work with the farms, educate them on like what our coffee culture is. And then we're able to get very, very small micro lot special coffees, um, because we don't need these like huge quantities that that say like larger coffee brands would need so you know we get better coffee they get education as well as there aren't as many people involved in the process so the people that are actually doing all the hard work and the picking um the farmers get paid better which is super important um because the you know the with the environmental changes and stuff like that coffee is kind of we're in, in this limbo place where we need to, we need to support where it's, where it's coming from. So, um, so yeah, so what's cool is like, you know, using the direct trade method, um, and then, and then the artisan part of a coffee roaster is, is kind of sourcing and bringing in, and you've got the ability to choose who you support and whether it's like a hundred percent women owned coffee farm and processing center to something that's like, you know, in, in, somewhere where there's birds that live there and, and, and it's a community where, where they're, they're farming for their, for their community and not just coffee for consumers. Um, and it's, that's, that's what the whole thing is. Like I started this business for a hundred percent winning process for everybody from start to end. Um, so we just do everything in our power to, 
to do that and keep that going. Absolutely. I think, you know, in, in good business, everybody can win. There's, you, don't right. need, you don't need to shortchange anybody any step in the process if you're doing it. Right. Um, and like everything, everything that I've done from the, from the beginning has been kind of like an example. You know, the, the, the 12,000 miles in four and a half years biking is just an example that like small changes do make a big difference. You know, that's one day a week if everybody out there is, is, is able to ride, you know, one day a week, one day a month, once every six months, like it, it does add up and make a difference. And that's the same thing with like business practices where everybody wins. It's very small changes that can make a huge difference on, on, on both ends of the, you know, the farmer to the consumer. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely. And uh, stoked to be a part of it. Obviously local is a, is a really big um, kind of drive of yours, of your business. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very locally present. Um, so tell us a little about the, the subscription services. Cause that's, sort of a growing form of retail. We see a lot of customers doing subscription boxes and things like that. Um, so yeah, why don't, you, why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Um, the subscription service is is pretty sweet. You know, like I said before, I'm, I'm pretty much like the milkman of the coffee world. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of, you know, my grand, my grandfather was a milkman. Um, so I'm, I'm slightly nostalgic for the olden days where you like knew the person that was delivering your local milk and like it's just super appealing and this is kind of like a modern take on that where um you're getting a good or service that's that's locally sourced and roasted you know the person that's delivering it and then you know the delivery on thursdays you're you you figure out what your coffee consumption is and it's one of those those commodities that that you never really want to run out of because running out of coffee on a Sunday on like a Sunday morning when like all you want to do is relax is, is a bummer. So like, it's just so nice to know that that's one last thing that you need to like run to the grocery store for or, or worry about. And then, you know, the fact that it's freshly roasted the day before every single, every single week, like, you know, you're getting a high quality product too. So it's once again, it's that winning for, for everybody. And, yeah, and the quality. Like I, I remember we talked and you were like, "Yeah, roast Wednesdays, deliver Thursdays." And I'm like, "Oh, of course, it's super fresh. It's not going to have been sat in a warehouse somewhere, yeah, you know, it, until it gets distributed." And, and I didn't even start like realizing how old some of the coffee was until I started. Most most people just assume when you go to a grocery store, say that like, and I and I don't, I don't want to like bash grocery stores because I'm definitely in in you know Lucky's here in Boulder, but. Um, you start looking at larger, larger grocery store chains and start looking at roast dates. And, you know, the biggest one is if there's no roast date on the coffee, you know, it's really old. And then if there's a roast date on there, some of them are, are like eight, nine months off roast. And then it's got like another year of shelf life that they, that they say. And then it's like, some of them are pre-ground and it's just like, man, life's too short for bad coffee. (laughs) Like, it's just one of those things that, that it's, it's, I don't know, the best way that you can, you can get out of it. First thing you can do is get out of bed on the right side. Second thing you can do to have a good day is to make a really great cup of coffee. Um, I just want to be part of that. <laughs> I agree. hundred <laughs> um, percent. So the, the bicycle delivery is, is obviously very cool and it has, uh, it's a really unique approach. You know, we, we talked about the mileage. There's like a little bit of environmental factor there and the, the personalized touch um, that you have with your customers. But uh, how are you expanding? with that? Um, so I currently uh, have a uh, good friend, Neil, who's helping me out with uh, the residential delivery stuff currently. So we're just kind of trying to figure out how to expand the bicycle delivery. 
but next step is kind of looking at different local markets. Um, the way that Boulder is set up is the real estate's kind of gotten so expensive that there's all these surrounding towns now that are really up and coming and really rad. They're kind of the original Boulder crowd that, that are kind of moving to these outskirts. Um, and we'd like to kind of find different hubs, um, in each of these locations to, to do like drop off points so that everybody can, um, you know, get bike delivered coffee in this other town and then just, you know, have somebody else that's kind of managing these accounts in, in, um, the different towns. So it's really exciting. Like it's cool. Cause it's like, there's so many talented people out there and so many people that just want to go and, and get paid to go ride their bike. And I want to support that. And I'm just like, same thing with how I just wanted to get paid to go ride my bike, but wasn't good enough. Like I want to be able to support other people being, being able to do that. And it's fun. Like you spend a couple, couple hours out riding bikes and dropping coffee off on like a little elf, like <laughs> dropping gifts off on people's front doorsteps. It's pretty cool. And I just kind of want to share that with other people. Yeah. That's the course. It's again, it's, uh, just you know doing something for the good of somebody else but also enjoying it while you do it yeah and um so what's it like as a business owner taking on your kind of first staff uh i mean it's it's super scary luckily like neil's a really rad guy and um i've i've known him for for a while now so that was kind of an easier transition but i do get emails and stuff um not a ton but i've gotten a handful of emails in the past being like let me know when you need people to, to deliver for you. And, and I want to come deliver coffee for you because they just like believe in the concept and, and what's happening. So, um, but yeah, getting a new employee is, is scary. You know, like there's definitely some things where like I'll get text messages and be like, Hey, what, like I didn't get coffee today and I'll be at my house and have to try to figure out like, uh, I gotta go. It's eight o'clock at night and I need to go like roast a bag of coffee for this individual and go drop it off. Cause it didn't get done. So it is, you know, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it's never, it's never easy. Um, yeah, definitely. It's one of those challenges. I think every startup is going to face at some point, every founder is going to have employee number one and right. many more. Right. But it's, it's fun. Like I have this vision of, of like wherever I'm, I'm roasting, you know, like individuals show up and, and, um, we drink coffee. We've kind of have every, everybody's like delivery, route calculated and it's like be safe go have fun and drink yeah. some coffee it's that having that morning coffee with all your you know delivery bikers and then everybody going off and you know having their uh having their coffee ride which yeah. is which is cool um so yeah you know we've talked a lot locally so how are you you know advertising and marketing locally um so just kind of trying to be everywhere a big thing of what i do is just riding on group rides um, and networking that way. The cycling community here in Boulder is, is super cool and really tight knit. Um, and if, if, if you pretty much, if you ask, um, people will give you answers. So, um, it's cool. And being at bike races and, um, just, just sharing with other people, stickers, stickers are good. Everybody loves stickers. <laughs> yeah. And I know, uh, your, your delivery bike has like kind of the great sign on the side of it for anybody who wants to see we've the video will go up on uh on facebook so you should check that out as well it's 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 cool to see and like watching you ride around on that i was like it's the perfect piece of advertising <laughs> you know you're on the bike you're towing the trailer and there's like the coffee ride sign right there so yeah people that's... like roll their windows down all the time they're like what what are you like what do you 
do. <laughs> so it's always kind of fun. Yeah, but you're opening up a conversation. It's perfect. You get to explain to somebody. They're not just seeing an ad. They're, they're getting kind of a first-hand experience, which is cool. And right, I think- which it's important to like to tell that story and kind of being a, a riding billboard and, and um, it's, it's cool. It helps. It all helps sell think, that story. I think it's a good tip for any um, business, whether you're online or, or, or local, you know, be locally present as a business because those people are going to be the, the core of your business. Obviously, it's very central to you, but I think that applies to any business. I think even here at Sticker Giant, we, we do so much in Colorado, so mm-hmm. much. And that's like part of the heart of our business is local and people will always want to support local. And I think that's happening more and more. So Yeah, and I mean, that's one you- of the reasons why like, I started going to Sticker Giants because I remember the little spot in Hygiene when I used to ride my bike past there all the time. And I remember seeing the Sticker Giants sign when you guys were super tiny. So it's like, it's cool to watch everybody grow and grow together and community is important. It's like, you got to support the community that supports you. Absolutely. And uh, so how is, um, you know, we talk local, how's your uh, online sales in, in comparison? How does that balance out with your business? Uh, it's, you've it, got a website as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a super easy process on the website to sign up for coffee and stuff. Um, it's slowly trickling outside of the state. It's pretty cool when all, like, I had a somebody order a, a, like a gift pack that's in like Australia. And I was like, I didn't even know I had like international shipping set up. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's cool if somebody... Like I like the local the local thing, but if somebody's interested in outside of the state, like that's awesome. It's you know it's all about like sharing that experience with with more people, and it's it's kind of been a give or take too. I, I when I first started, I never wanted to do shipping at all, um, and then kind of being having like the completely sustainable delivery system and the compostability and stuff like that. Like like you know like shipping outside of of Colorado is like. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that now. It's give or take. And I mean, potentially it's it's a solution now until maybe you have a delivery service in a different state, different city. You know, you might expand at some point beyond that. So it's like yeah, you, which, you have to do what works for you as a business at the at that time. Yeah. And it's like if somebody wants that experience, like who am I to kind of say no if if they if they want to enjoy that. So. And so how are you, uh, are you doing much kind of advertising online? What's your online presence like? Or do you really let your local presence kind of feed your yeah, website? It's, it's pretty grassroots. Um, it's kind of conversations amongst other people. And, and, and you know, Instagram's been, been pretty good. Um, that's a good way to be, you know, I love the, the idea of like being able to share pictures. Um, whatever, pictures, a thousand words, right? Like, um, so the pictures are, are tell the story, um, and it's just yeah, it's been a good good way. But it's mostly people telling other people about it. So yeah, I mean, word of mouth is is the most powerful form of advertising. I think you know you, you trust your friends to recommend good businesses. So. Yeah, and I'm a tail, terrible salesperson. Like I I always have an easier like time selling other people's stuff because um, it to me it just it's it's tough to it, it comes off as like kind of pretentious if you're like. I have the best product in the world. But if other people say that, like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's um, just a lot more meaningful if, if your customer says that than, than if you do. So kind of let, let other people tell the story. Yeah, and I think it's good you touched on Instagram there. I know it's like the bicycle community and Instagram, like they go hand in hand. It's, it's probably great to be in the bicycle community and running a business mm-hmm. with kind of how active they are on Instagram. But I think that's a good tip for other small businesses. I hear it a lot where 
people are like, oh, I don't know what to do on social media. Like, what do you, like, what should you post? And it's like, you know, try and just be authentic, show the behind the scenes of your business, you know, be a real business because people buy from people. They don't buy from businesses. Yeah. And it's super important. Like, especially for me, like transparency is huge. Like if you've got nothing to hide, then put it all out there um, and just be, be real about it. Like post stuff that you're actually doing. And um, if you're doing rad stuff, people, people want to want to see it. So. Yeah, definitely. And, um, so let's talk stickers. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but you're you're using our stickers, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so how do you use those to promote your business? Um, so like I, I just worked with um, one of your one of your um, designers, Alan Peters. He did a great job on kind of like a packaging reboot um, design for us. And uh, you know we've got a ton of different little icon images that are that that make up the package. Um, and it's cool because each one of those kind of tells the story of how the coffee ride got started and what we do. And, and once again, it's just like that those images kind of tell the entire story. Um, and it's cool because then we can pick out each one of those individual images and make those into stickers. So like by sticking those on water bottles and like wherever, like it's telling the story wherever you go, which is which is pretty cool. And, and from like a business standpoint, um, it's super important to kind of have constant reminders. So stickers are a great way to like engage with customers and then be like, Oh yeah, like put that sticker on my water bottle and that coffee was really, really good. Like I should probably order some more of that or, um, so yeah, it's a great way to, to fun, get your, get the word of mouth out. So yeah, definitely. We, we always talk about them as like little billboards that travel all over the place as little reminders for customers. Or, you know, if you have a cool sticker, somebody's like, oh, what's that? It's, like, oh, it's a coffee ride. You got to try this coffee. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it's it a really good works, starting, yeah. starting point for a conversation, which is sweet. I, I think as well, which I wanted to touch on was, uh, so Alan Peters, he was a, a previous guest. Um, he's also our, our creative director here at Sticker Giant, does all of our branding. But he did this awesome design for you that goes on your packaging. But mm-hmm. I love the way that, the, the little images that make up that bigger design are being used as your stickers. And then you've also done the design on these uh, tote bags that you give out as well. And it's like, I think that's an awesome tip for small businesses of like how to get the most out of your design work. Cause I'm sure any, you know, small business will know design work is it's never cheap to do. Um, so you really got to get that, you know, longevity and, and use it for lots of different things. Yeah. And it's, it's important. Like, you know, when you're, when you're choosing a designer or anything like that to like, to have that thought process at the beginning and being like, where can I take this? Like, this was like, and, and Alan's like, he's so smart. Like every single time I'm like, I have this idea that he comes up with like something that's a thousand times better than the idea that I came to him with. And, and like, he, he kind of has that idea of like, Hey, so this is going to be the, the, the packaging. And then this is what we can do to move forward with like the branding and, and kind of, and, and I'll have an idea and be like, hey, let's let's do this T-shirt. And he's like, well, that's not really brand relevant. Like we should stick to the colors that you used on the packaging. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's genius. Like that's why you're good at this and like why this is your profession. <laughs> like I roast coffee. Like that's my deal. I should let you stick to your your deal. <laughs> yeah, I, that's probably another great business tip. You know, designers, they're, they're professionals and they're really good at what they do. Yeah, um, totally. And I know Alan's great because he, when he does his design work, he designs with stickers in mind. Mm-hmm. He said, I think just from working from us, it's been his thing. So it's like, when you do your logos and stuff like that, think about how it's going to be on a sticker because stickers are really powerful, especially for marketing. Yeah, totally. 
Um, so what's next? Um, we're going to kind of wrap it up here pretty soon. So um, what's your plans for the rest of 2018? Big plans for 2019 and uh, yeah, maybe any events or things that you're going to be at where people could find you? Yeah, we're um, always kind of trying to, to do a little everything. We work with 63rd Street Farms um, and do CSA um, pickup. Um, we do uh, coffee sales out there. So basically, like it's kind of like grocery shopping from your, your local farm um, and you can kind of get everything that you need at that one location that that's kind of wrapping up um, those guys are great i'm going to be doing coffee with uh, la sportiva out at outdoor retailer this year um, i think that's that's next month um, and yeah and then moving forward just looking at expanding into different areas looking at getting into um, i'm in the lucky's north boulder um, location and looking to, to expand into all of their other markets too but mainly you know it's it's focusing keeping the, the like bicycle portion at the forefront and trying to figure out a way to like move that forward into other communities is 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 definitely the most important part so awesome well uh i mean finally if you'd just like to shout out your you know your social media handles and obviously your website so people can find you and check you out yeah, basically, uh, everything's at The Coffee Ride. Um, so that's Instagram, Twitter, um, website, Facebook, all that, all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you for joining us today and sharing your story. Uh, it's been uh, really fascinating. I, as a coffee drinker, definitely learned a lot more about coffee roasting from hanging out with you. So thank you. And uh, for everyone listening, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And more information about all our episodes is available at stickergiant.com slash podcast. That's all from us today. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, every sticker has a story. What's yours? Thanks for listening to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customers' sticker stories. If you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to StickerGiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off of your order.